0: Hello Portland. My name is Daniel Lyman and I am the host of this brand new podcast called People of Portland. Uh, I'm so excited to share with you this very first episode. Uh, But before we get into the content of the episode, I have a few things that I want to share. The first is a why. Why am I doing this podcast? Why am I putting uh, energy and time into a podcast where we talk about Portland? Well, honestly, it's because I feel, I personally feel as though Portland is the greatest city in the world. And truly it's a city that's struggling right now. Um, We're kind of a, a, a city that is Maligned in the press and people have strong feelings about it. Just this past weekend I was in Seattle and somebody told me oh, I went down to Portland and I am NOT going back anytime soon So there are a lot of strong negative feelings about Portland right now and I as the eternal optimist I wanted to create a space where I talk with Portlanders um, And celebrate the people that make this city so interesting now That doesn't mean we're gonna always talk about good stuff. We talk about heavy hard stuff but uh, the people are what make the city so great so, this is why I'm doing this show, because I love the city and I want to celebrate the city. And hopefully, you will want to celebrate the city with me too by listening to these episodes. There's so much negativity online and in the media in various places, and I want this to be a, some, something of an antidote to that. And in that vein, uh, this first season, I am going to dedicate, I want to proudly dedicate this to Darcel15, uh, who, if you don't know who that is, Darcel15 was the uh, world's oldest continually performing drag queen based right here in Portland at the Darcel 15 showplace on 3rd in Northwest. Um, Darcel has been around for a long time. I have memories of my mom going to see her with her co-workers when I was a little kid. Um, and so Darcel has a big, had, had a big impact on my life, someone who lived that fearlessly. And unfortunately, Darcel passed away just a few weeks ago at the age of 92, which is pretty incredible. So I want to dedicate this season to Darcel 15. Before we get started here, I just want to say that uh, I'm still learning the ropes of some new uh, recording equipment and some new technology here. So bear with me when the sound quality isn't quite as good as it should be. You'll hear throughout the season that I get a little bit better at it as the season goes on, but there's still a lot that I have to learn. So thank you for your patience with that. Also, there will be 12 episodes released weekly. Uh, for this first season. So 12 interviews with 12 different Portlanders released for the next three months. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you subscribe to podcasts. Um, go ahead and check us out on Instagram at people of Portland podcast. And please tell your friends if you liked it. And if you don't like it, uh, don't tell your friends. And so, for this first episode, I am so excited to announce that I got to speak with Kevin Cook, who you probably know as Poison Waters, who's one of the most famous drag queens here in Portland. She is the heir apparent to the Darcel 15 Showplace. Um, As I mentioned, Darcel just died a few weeks ago, and Poison has been hosting shows at that showplace for a very long time. She's an entertainer, she's a comedian, she's a performer of all kinds. Poison Waters has done all kinds of things, and Kevin has a really interesting backstory. And is someone that I'm really excited to, that was excited that he was willing to come on the show and talk very personally about his life. Um, a quick note that this recording was done before Darcell died. So uh, Kevin talks about Darcell in a, in a different way, in the present tense, and in a different way, because this was a couple of months before Darcell had died. So just know that. Um, now, without further ado, here is Poison Waters. Hi, Daniel. Kevin, hello. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good morning. Thank you for being here.
1: Oh, my gosh. My picture is looking crazy. What I
0: happened to say? Yeah, you look like you're being like transported through the TV or something.
1: I know. let me stop my video and try that. again. that <laughs> sure. was weird.
0: that was pretty trippy. Oh, there we go. Hey, I It felt, like I I felt like I took too much acid this morning or something. Oh, so, no, so. never, never <laughs> too much. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for being on here. I'm really, really excited to talk with you
1: sure sure always a pleasure
0: yeah so um first of all i am a, a big fan my husband and i have seen you perform a number of times so oh, thank uh,
1: you
0: yeah you've you've built quite the name for yourself here in portland
1: <laughs> it's been fun a lot of hard work but here we go oh, i'm
0: i'm sure I've, <laughs> I've seen your calendar on your website it looks like nonstop. <laughs> so crazy So just to let you know a little bit about this podcast this is about celebrating the people of Portland and the people that make Portland such an amazing place to live and uh, part of that is to get to know people a bit better and to know their background and everything so I like to start from the beginning and I've read a little bit about you uh, and you and I have something in common as I spent a lot of time in the LA area as well Um, but so you grew up in Santa Monica is that right?
1: Actually, I was born in Santa Monica. I don't remember anything about Santa Monica because I feel like we then quickly (laughs) went to the Venice, L.A. um, part of my life. So I really have zero memory of Santa Monica. Of course, growing up, we did go to the Santa Monica Pier and whatnot, but we didn't really live there.
0: Yeah. Okay. so you moved to Venice then.
1: Yes. My mother is one of six girls and they're all from Santa Fe, New Mexico, and they all migrated over to the Venice, L.A. area. And so the family growing up in my younger days, all six of us kind of lived really in close proximity, especially two of her sisters, the two um, closest to her age. We literally Mm -hmm. lived like like next door. And so we were all kind of grown up in this kind of community um, situation.
0: That's amazing. Was this near the canals or where in Venice was it? I'm just Yeah,
1: I do. That's funny you said that because I always say about the Venice canals. And people are like, what are you talking about? Like, I remember (laughs) we were like, I don't even know where. I mean, we were the poorest of poor. I don't know how we found this little robo and we were like in it me and my cousins and my sister i remember and so yeah we wow. i don't we we went to a grade school called Coeur d'Alene. and okay. i i've looked it up you know online um, and my sister found it like on google or whatever but um and so and we lived i remember on Washington but again yeah. you know we were it was from kindergarten to uh third grade and then we moved again, to New Mexico. So we lived there fourth and fifth grade. Then we came here in Portland in the sixth grade.
0: Okay. Oh, wow. So that's amazing. You had a lot of family nearby at a very young age.
1: Yeah, we did. And my mother's family is Mexican and Native American. My father's family, of course, is black. But So I never knew him or that side of the family. And so I just grew up in this mm. um, gigantic, again, kind of communal uh, Mexican Native American um, family situation with my mother's sisters and their husbands and then all of their kids so there were a lot of cousins and in fact in one um class i remember a whole year that there was myself and two of my first cousins and the teacher were like oh my gosh the whole family's in here and my sister's one year older so sometimes uh-huh. we had classes together but yeah we were all like this kind of like a uh, gang of 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 family that would go to we all went to the same school and the same church and the whole thing i love
0: that okay but you so you you <laughs> that's amazing that's that's really cool you you kind of mentioned it your dad wasn't in the picture then he was no around nope never ever yeah so do do you know who he is
1: or oh yeah yeah so i did um my i I always knew who he was i always knew his name and uh my mother years and years and years ago had given me her or my baby book my sister and each have our baby book so when there's like names in there i'm like who are these people and so it's like (laughs) his, his like my um paternal grandmother and, and, and aunts. And there were, so like at that time when I was born, Uh that they were there, they were still together, my mother and father. So there's information um, in their names and whatnot. And then, um, you know, every now and again, once, you know, the internet came around, I'd type in whatever, and my sister and I didn't really know much about him. Um, so, and for, you know, I guess for some reason, and for obvious reasons, we didn't really talk about it too much with our mother, but so Um, I never really found much on him. It was kind of a a generic name anyway. And then my niece, who, oh, what is happening with my thing? That is just the craziest thing. Um, That's all right. That's okay. Um, My niece, who um, is my sister's first daughter, just Uh literally, they said, oh, my gosh, I found your father. And we're like, what are you talking about? And so she found the whole. She found his obituary. He had passed away ten years prior. And then oh, wow. she, then she just kind of delved further. And so now she, um, as the young folks tend to do, she's found um, aunts and uncles and cousins and the whole all this extended stuff. Family. Yeah. yeah. And it was really interesting to find out. Both my sister and I. First of all, in the obituary that my niece sent, um, uh-huh. that my sister and I were mentioned. I mean, this is like we were. So now, so this is ten years ago. So I was. You, you know, were in mentioned my, in your dad's obituary. Yeah, my sister and I were listed as children, and I'm like, "This is 40 years later," and it was really just because kind of, I, I, I won't say I'm not sentimental and not really family oriented, but to me, that's just you know, it is what it is. I don't I don't like delve into stuff. There's so much, you know. There's there's more current things, you know, tangible things. There's you know situations that I um, would rather spend my energy on so i never really of was like I, I, it was no love lost to me and not in a negative yeah. way i was i wasn't like you know but he wasn't really
0: part of your life
1: no so i mean you can't yeah. miss what you never had right totally and, yeah 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 and i never so i grew up with um my mother remarried and so my stepfather um and then they had two children so my little brother's father he was not anybody that i would ever want to emulate so it was never really like okay. like i never like father it wasn't this thing i need a father i don't have a father it just wasn't that for me so then when yeah. my So when my niece sent that um, um, obituary and it listed my sister and I, we were both like, what the heck all this time? Because you don't know you know we don't know the situation of how my parents broke right. up or or why we right. never saw, saw them or heard so wait them, your whatever. mom never
0: you're never your mom never
1: talked about why they broke no, up. no no ne- no all never. we all I, all we had was a name and like i said those names in the baby book which again i weren't to me very enticing to go research totally. anyway you didn't know those of, people yeah and of course this is a million years ago before there was even a way to research so um now of course everybody's young and modern and my niece can find anything and she has and so to find out that there were you know mention of us that we were like known to this entire family but right. nobody knew like i don't know if they knew where we were or or, where, or maybe they did i don't know and um also wow. then then in in finding out more with my my niece doing more investigation she's like oh you have um Um, siblings in houston and they want to meet you and i gave them all your information and i'm like i'm gonna choke you i'm like we are not not, (laughs) i don't have time to go meet this whole second family in texas anyway yeah but but so they sent pictures and there's like photos of my mother and father together which i'd never ever seen a picture of him let alone them together and you have never seen a picture of him no no not at all and so then pictures of my sister and i like little children you know childhood pictures that we'd never seen because we have tons of pictures from our childhood but for my mom and right. that side of the family so it was really interesting that we actually because yeah, you know you know i i'm not one of those people that says oh i remember when i was two years old this happened i don't remember anything i remember like kindergarten forward so totally. who so i don't I really know yeah <laughs> and so uh it's, it's, so it's amazing so it's kind of wild and funny yeah i mean it's neat and my sister even now my sister we be like oh so and so i go who are you talking about she's like our cousin in Houston, I'm like, girl, I don't have a cousin. In Houston. <laughs> I'm not like that's a stranger, <laughs> yeah. She, they, they, they want to come up. I go, Well, they are more than welcome. Here's my show schedule. I'm not going, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah understandably, I'll do so- the door, but that's about it. <laughs> okay so uh this is like obvious I, i'm a therapist part-time that's what i do i do uh that part-time and i do this part-time um so i tend to get into the deep stuff you don't have to answer anything you don't want to answer of course uh, so please, oh, please. I answer everything <laughs> um drag queens tend to be pretty open that i will say drag queens tend to be pretty <laughs> pretty we got nothing open. to lose yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so okay then let's just dig dive into it then how do you think growing up without uh your uh like uh, your father, you had a stepdad, around, but your your father around. How do you think that affected you as a queer person?
1: Um, I you know I don't. No, it's not anything I've really pondered. I kind of just grew up, did snowing. I didn't have a father. You know, some yeah. people have, some people have two parents, some people have no parents, some people have. And so I was just a person who had a mother and a man she was married to, who did, right. was who didn't. Uh, we had no connection, and so you did not like I, him no not at all and and i think this feeling was mutual and so <laughs> so me growing up as a queer person like i always knew i was different again like in grade school and i'm like oh this is kind of weird you know why do i have these weird feelings but again just too young and too naive and um, not so worldly to even know what the word gay was or what that even meant and so i just knew i had odd feelings when it came to um people i saw on television or in a movie you know that were men and i'd be like oh and so you know there is some sort of you know people would say oh you know you're attracted to men because you didn't have a man in your life i'm like well you know i don't know i don't know how, that's all like, that that's you. old old school psychology They yeah used to think I, that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. i'm i'm like mm, i don't know that that has anything to do with that but um yeah. so so you know growing out growing up without a father you know a lot of folks you know especially when i was growing up in the 70s and um early 80s the people, you know, they're like, oh, your father, you know, you've got to play football and all that stuff. I never had that pushed on me because I didn't have that father figure, which I was at great relief to not have to, you know, my other friends, that you know, I didn't grow up. I grew up thinking I was the only gay person in the world. I didn't even know anybody Mm. gay in high school. I didn't know anybody gay until I went to Mountland Community College in 86. And so that's, yeah, and that's like a whole long 17 years of living without ever crossing paths with a gay person or even realizing there were any more than me besides what I saw in the media. But here in Portland, I didn't know anyone. And so in high school and junior high, I didn't know anyone. And so I was like perfectly fine not having to be forced to play football or soccer or any of those things that I would never have done anyway. Right. um, So like
0: that hyper-masculine stuff wasn't pushed on you.
1: No, not at all. In fact, yeah. I remember like my stepfather, you know, again, I have two younger brothers and so we would all be outside and I don't know what we're like stacking firewood or I don't know what we're doing. And you know, it was clearly not my thing. I don't like to be <laughs> outdoors. I don't like to be dirty. And I remember he would say, and he was not a kind person. He was alcoholic mm-hmm. and um, abusive and he was not kind and he would say, get your ass inside and and make dinner with your mother. So like literally like pushing me into the quote unquote female house roles which right. I was thrilled you know I think right. he thought he was punishing me like I wanted to be outside in the rain second would now I will happily go inside and yeah do you'd rather cook dinner with. yeah absolutely and so yeah I never I didn't I think growing up without a father to me was it sounds terrible probably a blessing like I didn't have right. those conflicts I didn't have that that constant I don't want to do that I don't want to do that I just it was never I never was made to do stuff I didn't want to do in that regard
0: Do you still talk to your stepdad? Oh, no. he's still around?
1: No, he died a long time ago. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Sounds like that was a contentious relationship when you moved. So did you, when you moved to, you said you moved to Arizona after, after events? No,
1: no. We went back to New Mexico. Sorry. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's where my mother's and and all her siblings were from. And they, so, so I told you there were six of them. Well, two (laughs) moved, two moved up to, and you know, I don't know if you know a lot about six sisters. There's always two against four three against three oh everyone's God. we're not speaking to these people this week we're like each month like who are we talking to now you know we never yep. knew who was friends with who even as adults and we're just kids you know collateral damage nope you can't go talk to your cousins it's we're a not. N- new yeah.
0: person you got to avoid every single oh day. it's so crazy
1: so <laughs> two of them two of the two of the sisters moved here to portland which was okay. so weird we're, we're like you know we're in uh the third grade in yeah El- in sunny california going what is portland oregon we never yeah exactly it, you know we, we're literally <laughs> yeah. like wait what and so Why there? Mom, <laughs> right right and so it was 77 78, and there was you know carter administration everybody's poor there's no jobs blah 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 right and and my stepfather can never keep a job anyway so we were like okay my family decided we were moving to portland to then have you know, be with the other two sisters and their families up here in Portland. But my mother said, first, I want to go back to New Mexico just so the kids could experience New Mexico, which
0: Mm.
1: so we went for two years. We lived in Santa Fe one year and Albuquerque one year. And it was really fantastic. I loved Mm. it there. I loved it there. Well, and, you know, the sadness is, so I was, I don't know, how old was I? Eight, nine. And then I've never went back. I've never gone back. And we came here in Not once. Not once. And my sister and I both, because we loved New Mexico so much, we both said, okay, we're in Portland. As soon as we're old enough, when we graduate high school, we're going back, you know, to live our lives in New Mexico. We never went back. We've never gone back. Just life, you know, happens. And, and I I have fond memories. And now when people, you know, everybody goes to Santa Fe now and and Albuquerque and they come back, they're like, oh, you know, I'm like, this was in 77. Yeah, 78. Like, I don't know. I, it's a different lifetime ago. It's, it's literally. It's not. I'm yeah. sure. It's, I'm sure they're both lovely places now, but they're not what I remember. So, yeah. So no, we never went back. And so here we've been since seventy-nine. Which I don't know. Is that forty years now almost? Good lord.
0: <laughs> are you? Are is part of you avoiding going back to New Mexico?
1: No, not for any reason. I just there's other places I'd rather go. Oh 40, I do, I had to do the math. Um yeah, yeah no no cuz it's kind of like I've been there done that. I don't know anybody there. I don't have any connection there. I don't have any um you know I what who would I go visit or what would I go visit? I don't even remember where we lived. You know I was right. in the, I was in the 4th grade and the 5th grade but just coming here was kind of like ooh, gross what's Portland Oregon? Let's go <laughs> let's go back to the fun and the snow and the school and our school friends like I don't even know anybody that I went to school with there. It wasn't even like you right. kept in touch with people like that back then.
0: Right, there was no Facebook to see what people were up to, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, no,
0: so did you like Portland when you first moved here?
1: um you know, or did I, you hate it? <laughs> well, I didn't hate it, but again, we were very poor. We lived in a van for the first six months, so our oh, four wow. siblings four siblings, two parents living in a van, we would you know park at parks overnight and we would park down a marine so drive, all six down of up the you would, would
0: sleep in the van,
1: yes, with all our belongings. that's all we had was what was wow. in that van, and wow. um. So so you know, there's a lot of negative, uncomfortable memories of my first, you know, little bit of time here in Portland. But of there's course. also, you know, there was also some fun times. I mean, we didn't you can't, you know, register to go to school, especially back in those days if you didn't have an address. So we didn't go to school. We were just mm. living our lives. We would play in the park all day or we'd go collect cans, which was new to us because you know the Portland of the course. recycling. Oregon you know, you, was the first one to yeah, do that. Yeah. Yeah. You can collect cans from the garbage and get five cents each. Are you kidding me? Well again, we were dirt poor. So we certainly did that and we um wandered around and collect cans and we we're always in parks and here and there and everywhere. And I remember there was uh I don't remember which park it was, but I know like we would also like peninsula park and farragut park and all the yeah, ones yeah. over in north north portland and they, yeah, the train tracks and everything yeah all that and i can't remember which park had like a little league thing but what we found out that when they hit a ball outside of the fence if you return that ball you would they would exchange it for a piece of candy well we literally <laughs> would just spend if there was a game me and my siblings were like who's gonna get the ball, who's gonna get the ball? and because we wanted the free candy because we, we couldn't afford we couldn't afford groceries so it was like i remember like kind of fun things like that to me that was fun
0: right and right. so um, that's a rough rough time though when you look back at it, it sounds like there's a oh, mix absolutely. of positive oh, that's pretty oh, rough but
1: and well, you know also i feel like daniel that that's been my um survival mechanism that's been my um that that's how i cope that's my coping i'm i'm always going to okay let's have fun i'm going to think of the fun yep. part to just yep. ignore the bad part so yeah um we're running in the parks and having fun and turning in baseballs for candy and finding cans and seeing who collects the most and blah 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 and not going to school and you know living our best life because we know when it gets dark we're gonna go all sleep together in this van and not right. have any dinner you know so it was it was Do you pretty remember rough. being
0: hungry a lot of all time? the time
1: all the time yeah. like food food insecurity is yeah. something that's haunted me to this day like i i still to this day overindulge i buy way too much food I buy. I I overeat. Right. I have. Right. It's 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 something my whole life. My I, I remember being hungry my entire childhood. Wow! i'm, I'm uh, Yeah. First of all, I'm I'm really sorry to
0: hear that, but it, I mean it makes sense that trauma sticks with us for our entire lives Oh, so we behave forever and ever, you know, even as though that trauma is still we're still exist. Oh, absolutely! It.
1: Oh my gosh! I listen. Costco loves me. Winco loves me. <laughs> I buy all the food. Every everything <laughs> I buy, and and not even just food, like clothing. I have more clothes than anybody needs to wear. My drag, it's ridiculous. I have a thousand of everything. I have. I just. I just because I, I had nothing, so now. It's it's textbook. It's textbook. Now I have it all. I have it all. And it's still never enough. I'm never feeling that void.
0: Well, you sound pretty insightful. Have you done therapy around this? Or have you just kind of figured this out on your own? I mean...
1: Well, I figured this out on my own, but I did have therapy during um, the quarantine because everything was shit. Yeah.
0: Especially (laughs) as a performer.
1: (laughs) Yes. And especially as a black person when everybody was, you know, there was just just a lot going on in 2020. Oh, my gosh. I hit my breaking point so uh, I had therapy for uh, yeah from November 2020 and then i I'm not with my therapist anymore but we had a nice closure and I yeah. and I but but I think she was actually surprised that I had come up with so many answers for my own self before yeah. I even met her which I think yeah. is probably true for a lot of people but they just don't have the words to say I mean I, I I've always known people were like, why do you have so much food in your pantry even I mean yeah. for for years since I've been an adult. And my sister and I when we moved out of my mother's house, she had already graduated high school. And then when I graduated the next year, we both rented a house and we wanted to have You live together. Summer. We lived yeah. together and she had a husband and a new baby and oh, wow. right at, right after high school. And we, we were just like, Okay, this is gonna be the complete opposite of how we grew up. Right. And food. Lots of food. We, we, lots of food. Um n- new furniture, new everything's gonna be new because we everything right. we had was, was handy we, down. We, everything everything yeah, in my of life of
0: course yeah wow how long how yeah. long did the two of you live together
1: um gosh two maybe 3 years i'm not quite sure and then and then where did I go? So I lived. Yeah. So then, so during that time, that's when I found out. I mean, I didn't find out, but that's when I discovered other gay people and found the gay community at Mount Hood the, Community College. At Mount Hood Community College, and then downtown at the city nightclub, the all ages um, yes. gay nightclub, and then uh, finding drag and all that. And so living with my sister, that was none of that was a problem, but it was like, okay, well, now I need, need to go be with my people. And so I moved in um with a lesbian couple closer to portland and so i could come and go to the clubs and all that and i was um, working at clackamas town center and lloyd center at the same time managing a gift store and so oh. I, that, was a, that was a great location for me and, and this was this uh, was
0: after high school while you were in school or at Mount Hood community college or
1: no i went to mount hood for two years and during those two years i worked at kmart on 122nd and sandy okay and, yeah. <laughs> and, and then and then after my two years at mount hood which i kind of as as the the end of my two years got closer, I, I started being more and more. Um, I just wanted to be a drag queen around the streets and not really do my schoolwork. But I would yeah. go to the I would go to the campus because all my friends were there, and we would sit on the plush couches and watch Young and the Restless, or I don't know what the hell we did. But <laughs> yeah. I, I I I needless to say, I didn't um, leave with um, a degree from my two years at Mount Hood Community College. I got nothing, but I had yeah. a great time and I met wonderful people. Yeah, and that and that, and that then, was useful in and of itself. It sounds like absolutely. Oh my gosh, it was not practically life saving, or maybe I'll say life discovering. And then, mm. so I was working at Kmart, and I was I knew I was uh, done there. But um, I loved retail, and I loved people, and I loved um, malls. And so, well, I you're thought, very good with you know, people, so it makes sense you'd uh, want to be in a place well, where you could. Let yeah. me tell you, it, it working at Kmart was my. Training ground. If I can, you know, if I, I, I didn't kill anybody during Christmas <laughs> yeah. at Kmart. I can talk to any. I can handle anybody.
0: And oh, don't lie to us, Kevin. You must have killed a few people at Kmart oh, during Christmas. Oh, oh,
1: well, I, I did with my words. I've always been yeah. very good um, putting people in their place and yes, yeah, and oh, leaving man. them speechless. Going, uh, okay, I guess I was told. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, Kmart, you get all kinds, too. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, all attitudes. yeah,
1: let me tell you. Yeah. Wow.
0: OK, so that that was during you know, community college time, which wasn't terribly fruitful uh, academically, but socially sounds Yo. like it was huge. Oh,
1: it was fabulous. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And then you moved in with the lesbians after the lesbian couple after that. It sounds like.
1: Yep. 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 Okay. And it's a funny thing. So I lived with this couple. Uh huh. Um, off 28th and Sandy in a beautiful old Portland brick apartment. Oh, that's and... very
0: close to where I live. Wow.
1: Oh, it was Seven Eleven Northeast Randall. It was wonderful. Oh, uh, I know exactly where wonderful. that is. Yeah, that's yeah, a cool, just kind of cool spot across from where they recently now tore down the Pepsi Cola thing. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so I lived there in apartment 303. Then I went and lived back with my mom. For a little while i think like the lesbians wanted to move away and i couldn't afford to live in the apartment by myself and my mom had recently relocated just down the street also on oh. sandy like oh. not not down the street but like um it, close to 80 seconds or maybe like 70 or something yeah. yeah so I, oh i'll go live with mom and then i didn't have to pay and i could save money but i was still doing drag i was still managing the gift store Blah, wait, blah, blah.
0: i gotta pause you here though because i'm just so curious yeah. so it sounds like no friction with your sister or with your mom when you were coming oh out.
1: Zero, zero 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 no never never <sighs> ever, never that never that i do remember as a young when i was really young my mom would be like hey you know watch the way you're walking or watch the way you're talking mm. or you know they were people everybody you know used the word queer and fag and i right. didn't know what those words meant they were obviously meant to hurt me but i didn't know what they meant right. so they couldn't hurt me and so yeah they were like you know, but I think my whole family, once they realized, oh, wait, this is who Kevin is. I'm like, I mean, I saw all these cousins I was telling you about. I only played with the girls. I didn't want to play with the boys. They were too right. rough and tumble. Right.
0: Just felt more comfortable with
1: the girls. Totally. And we were playing with dolls and all that kind of stuff. So everybody, everybody knew it was, it came to no surprise. And no, there was never any problem and, at all. And even, I like think, my sister at one point, I, I never even really had to say, hey, everybody, I'm gay. My sister said, oh, we know your best friend. Jason is actually your boyfriend and we just want you to know in case you're stressing about it, you don't have to stress about it. And so, wow. they kind of, you know, yeah. So I, and it's funny, you know, you, you hear all these, varied stories. Some of them are really fabulous. And some, most of them are really terrible about coming out. And right. mine just was, mine wasn't even a thing. It was not even a story. There was nothing, there, there was no coming out. It was just, yeah, you yeah. know,
0: it, which is, which is amazing. I mean, a lot of people of course have like major trauma around that, that time in yeah. their life for yeah. you, it wasn't about that. It was more about like, uh, being poor growing up. Yeah. That's, yes. that's the, yeah, yes. yes. that was that, the major that, difficulty. That yeah. is
1: my, my trauma is growing up with nothing. Um, uh, so yeah no the gay thing just it was you know it just kind of dovetailed into who i am you know just this is what we're doing and so that. yeah me too i mean it could have been it could have gone so million, much yeah it got a lot worse like like, <laughs> like, like like what else what else can go so no so that was great and um it's interesting i i'm trying to think when was yeah so then i after that it's funny after i um lived with my mom for a little bit well, then I was ready to, you know, go back out and live. And I wrote, I remember writing or call, I think you called back then, called the people at that apartment building. I remember what the building was called. And I said, oh, hey, I'm going to move back in. Um, if you have a building and I have a couple of friends that want to be roommates. And she's like, you won't believe this, but the people that moved in after you just moved out So your same apartment. So what? I lived in the same apartment ah, twice. That's I lived in the same twice. And it was so That's amazing. Funny. You got lucky. Like yeah. It i really got so lucky it's hilarious and then just kind of a weird weird portland small town side note years and years later i worked for the state of oregon department of environmental quality and okay. um and one of the I, I was doing mail or something and i looked and something caught my eye and one of the employees had gotten some mail or she was oh no she was mailing something out and so i uh-huh. saw her return address she lived in that same apartment it had turned to condos and <laughs> like, do you live at Seven Eleven northeast randall unit 303 she's like yeah i'm like i live there oh my gosh. And so, and so it's the most random thing so i'll always portland is such a small drive. town yeah right? <laughs> even with real estate even real- yeah seriously so, so yeah so i lived there and then i moved to um 162nd in gleason with two more lesbians believe it or not the lesbians love me and then that's when i met my first longtime um, partner and then we moved over to um northeast cooch and but do, yeah, during I, this time
0: so were you doing drag
1: i've been drag non-stop since i was 18 years old i okay, never stopped so, so always, you
0: yeah so this whole time you were working you had your day job and then you'd go to various
1: clubs to perform yep i had so from high school i did two years at kmart five years with hk limited opening their stores in several malls okay and then 12 years with the state of oregon's department of environmental quality and then 15 years with Saga City Media, who owns Portland Monthly um, magazine and Seattle Met and all these other ones. And then up to about five years ago, I left them and now I'm just doing drag full time. I do drag full time. Yeah, but I always did drag during all those jobs and every job knew it. Every job knew what I was, I had to leave early for this or I had to come in late for this or, yeah, no. And, And again, zero problem at all. I've had a really good adult life. Compared to what I what I had before I graduated high school, yeah, and yeah. It, so it's it's almost kind of like I always knew you know that when uh, Dan Savage started that um, uh-huh. it gets better campaign, right? Um, I was I knew that even as a child, I like you this knew that can't. it would get better. I'm like, this can't be it. <laughs> this can't yeah. be it. There's just got to be. I'm going through all this for some reason. There's going to be something good coming my way. And literally, like when thing, good things come to me, we're like, oh my god! I'm like. Uh huh. It's almost like I, I know. I, nothing, nothing phases me that comes my way. Cause I'm like, well, of course it is. It's, it's what's meant to me, you know. And my partner and I, we um, gamble and play. Video. He, if we win something that's over like twelve hundred dollars, he will cry. He's like, mm. oh my god. And I'm, I mean, I'm like, well, of course we won. That, that's yeah. every, You know, I, I remember one time in high school. What, you know, at the end of the year, the teachers. I don't know. This sounds familiar to you. The end. Teachers were like, okay, we're wrapping up the class and this poster I'm gonna, does anybody want this, right. this poster oh, yeah, does yeah. anybody want this plant does anybody want the fit Cleaning you know whatever the
0: classroom what it, yeah yeah. Yeah, so, yeah
1: yeah well I don't remember the poster specifically but like six people wanted it and she said well the only way we can do it is put everybody's name in a hat so we dropped, and then of course I won and somebody goes of course Kevin wins he gets everything mm-hmm. and, and it's like and it's so funny because like in some situations I kind of do and there's a lot of Drake who would be like why does Poison Waters get everything well uh, <laughs> I didn't want to work your ass up for it. But also, um, I just kind of, I just feel like, I don't wanna say it's a payback for the childhood because that just seems weird, but I just always knew each thing that comes my way is better than the one before. It just, yeah. it's just, it's just the uh, trajectory of my life. It's just, that's just you, how you, I know. You
0: almost felt like you deserved for things to
1: be better because of the roughness of growing up uh, so poor? No, not really, because I know a lot of people have it way worse than me. Yeah. And I know a lot of people didn't get out of that situation. And so, no, no, it's not like it's my payback. No, no, no. I just know in my mind, I always knew better things are coming and they continue to even to this day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think most people would argue that you're Portland's, one of Portland's most famous drag Queens, maybe next to your coworker. Um, yeah. yes oh yes. yeah oh yeah
1: my boss and my mentor my friend oh yeah oh yeah yeah I would yeah. never try to take that from her she's <laughs> the queen bee of the whole thing
0: well with, and so how did you get let's talk about that how did you get involved with Darcell?
1: so the first time I met Darcell at the um underage nightclub there was a pageant called Rosebud and Thorn so uh-huh. the queen would be Rosebud and then the boy would be Thorn and it was like <laughs> yeah you, 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 you had to be under 21 and okay. blah 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 So um, I'd only been doing drag, uh, you know, a little bit and I decided I was going to run. Because uh-huh. it seemed like something i wanted and of course i won even though it was high stakes and i just i knew the, i was you gonna win a win.
0: poster at school you win the pageant I you just you win. get it all everything,
1: everything <laughs> i want i got
0: um, so uh, i need and some of that nah, luck wow right right <laughs> and
1: so um then at the you know at the crowning ceremony you know when they say here's yeah, the yeah. winner here's the rosebud and here's the new thorn and we sit on this little thrones they make da da da. and they go we have a special guest and then here came in this white-haired to, and to me, again, being 18 years old, I'm like, who is this old drag queen? Well, right. meanwhile, I, I'm now about the same age Darcelle was when at that point, he yeah. did that. Yeah, yeah. And so all and these she looked later, ancient
0: at that point to you. Right, right. And I'm like, <laughs>
1: oh my God, what do I look like now to these new kids? So anyway, um, so he was there and he said, congratulations. And he said, you know, blah, 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 whatever the pageant told him to say. And then he said, and most of all, have fun. And I just really remember that he had both of our hands and he just said, most of all, have fun. And then, mm. like that, later that year, um, it was going to be the Gay Pride Parade. Well, I was working at the mall, and I knew that my coworkers and my manager, managers, and the owners of the store knew that I did drag, and they thought it was right. fun, and it was not a big deal. But right then to be on television—if I should get caught on a TV camera as, oh my gosh, that's Poison Waters, that's the one who manages the Lloyd Center HK Limited—and does it push back on the company? You know, I had all these dumb thoughts but maybe mm. not so dumb for the times, right? Right, so right, no, it's 89. understandable, yeah. And I, um, you know, asked the people at work and they're like, well, we don't care, of course, but then I just I just had this thing, right? Because I'd never done anything as public, like I've been, my family knew I did drag. The people who saw me in drag knew I did drag, but the greater world didn't know. And so they, I said to my friend, um, Cicely, who was the Rose Empress, I said, what? what would you do? And he's like, well, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of up to you. And he had like a corporate job and I feel like he didn't really do much public drag stuff for right. that reason. And I said, right. he said, why don't you go ask Darcel? So it was kind of like, you know, going to the wizard of Oz, like yeah, totally. Darcel <laughs> knows all. So I went into, you know, back then, well, it's the same old towns, been Skid Row then. And it is now. And it's uh-huh. just, it was, it was sketch as hell. And I was just this little kid and got off the bus and walked over there. And I go to the club. I'd never been there, and I opened the door, and it was wild and crazy. And yeah, um, yeah. It, it was daytime, so was, there wasn't a show. But I just seen the curtains and the lights and everything. Just I was like, "Wait, where am I?" Yeah, totally. Yeah. For the first time ever. And I'm expecting darcel to be on the throne with the big red nails and the high hair wig and everything. <laughs> you know, it's it's like you have to one bow down, afternoon. kiss the ring. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. It's like one in the afternoon. You yeah. know, so on a Wednesday, I guess. I don't know. And I'm like, hey, they're like, can we help you? Because they could tell I was like this young kid. They're like, um, I go, yeah, I'm looking for Darcel. And they point to a ladder and there's this man yeah. in shorts and a t shirt changing the light bulb. I'm like, right. what? <laughs> like, totally like, you know, like the record. Where's track, the royalty like, I was expecting? Yeah. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, well, this is not at all. And so then he came down and I said, we met at the thing. And he said, yeah, yeah, I remember the pageant, blah, blah. And I told him what I was, my, my question. And he's like, listen. There's always going to be people that support you. There's always going to be people that don't support you. The people that support you are the ones that love you. The people that don't are, you don't need in your life. If mm. you want mm. do, if you want to be in the parade, be in the parade. I said I want to be in the parade. He said, well, then who cares about people that don't want you to be in the parade? Just be in the parade. I mean, I'll just talk about a damn parade, right? So, um, so I did. And I've been in the parade every year since. And oh, I wow. So then so that's when I first met Darcell. Well then as soon as I turned 21, actually even before 21, I was sneaking into the bars <laughs> with the other the other older drag queen would haul yeah. me around to the embers and Darcell's and wherever else. Oh, and I'm so I'd nice. I, I yeah. And so I would go and I would perform and do shows and we'd be here and there and everywhere. And I just kind of made a little name for myself on the t- on the coattails of my friends. And I said, Well, I'm doing shows here, I'm doing shows there. And then Darcelle and Roxy said, Oh, we'd love for you to come work in our club and i'm mm. like oh that sounds exciting they said i went to like a one rehearsal and I was, they're like oh but what name should we call you and I said well i'm poison waters and i said no that name's not really good
0: and actually oh. everyone
1: said that when i first started doing drag nobody liked my name everybody said, really poison they, they said poison's negative no one's gonna like that name it's gonna turn people off and i was already waters because of misty waters and Rosie waters who helped put me together in drag and drag mothers said, drag mother said pick a name that's a one word name and i was working at the mall and went through the fancy stores on my lunch and smelled the perfumes and they had a christian dior poison in the purple bottle mm. with the gold label and so i said oh i want to be police and wonders th- and literally everybody was like that sounds terrible but I, 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 i've always been stubborn and i'm like no well too bad that's what I'm going to be yeah so good for anyway, you you stuck to your guns you knew yeah, what you wanted i stuck to my guns and yeah. even all this even all this time and so then you know a couple years later Darson Rush said, mm, "We need you to change your name if you're going to work with us." I'm like, "I'm not changing my name, so too bad for you." And I went back to the Embers and worked there for a little longer. And then they came back and they said, oh, "Okay, we really want you, so keep Poison Waters," which I've been this whole time. And it's kind of funny because I told you the 12 years I was with the Department of Environmental Quality. People right, like, right, right. "Oh, that's why you're Poison Waters." <laughs> I'm like, "Actually, no, I've been Poison Waters years before, before. then. Just a happy yeah, coincidence." Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't be silly, people. And yeah. then um, I'm not that basic. And then there would be, um, then also earlier, you know, in the 80s, 90s, um, two, twofold, my, uh, all of my friends died from HIV and AIDS. Like works. literally yeah. the whole community went away. So I turned to, you know, a little alcohol, a little drugs. I was kind okay. of a bitch and everybody still loved me. I was still, you know, the, the toast of the town in my mind. And, but I could also kind of like be, you know, bitchy to everyone I wanted to. And it was part of my persona, my stage personality on the microphone. I was really um, a mean person, but it was a funny mean because I've always been funny. But so I could always like kind of mask an insult with a little humor. So I would get the whole audience laughing right. while I'm being mean to one person. Right. And many times people would leave in tears and many times people would fight back with me and da da da. So anyway, so then people were like, well, we know all your names poison. You got it poisonous bitch well then i went to um uh Cascade or not cascades project um women's in a community aids resource had a had a hiv affected children's camp 23 years ago in 2001 and i went on um darcel's recommended she said first come to this fundraiser with me i want you to learn about this camp so i did and my mind was blown i'm like oh my gosh no you know having the connection I had with the HIV community from all my friends passing away, right. then to find out that there was a camp just for children 5 to 15, who are HIV um, affected. And in fact, they were like, wait, what? And so I learned with these women, I learned what yeah. their program was about, I volunteered with them. And then I went to their camp. Well, that whole week literally changed my life. And so then when I came home, like Darcel and literally everybody that knew me back then goes, you came back a completely different person. Well, now I'm the poison that I am. So not, you know, tooting my own horn, but I'm very generous. I'm very affectionate. Right. I'm very. I right. want to. I want to. I want to uplift people, and I want to bring people. You're to not their, the bitchy you know, queen
0: before that. That you were at all. That. At all. Yeah. So totally. now
1: people. So now people that didn't know me back then, but know me now, they're like, "Poison is such a funny name for you because you're the complete opposite. You're just so kind and generous and giving and da da." And yeah. then I always will say, "Well, it wasn't always, but really, yeah. the name came from uh the perfume, and it, now it's taken on so many meanings over the decades."
0: So I want to step back here just a little bit, Uh, you know, you kind of, you mentioned how rough the 80s and 90s were for you Mm -hmm. at that point. Um, Yeah. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Can you just, I can ask specific questions, but I'm just so curious your experience, you know, everybody in the queer community has some
1: experience, of course, with HIV in one one
0: form or the other. Um, What was that like for you?
1: So, you know, the first people I met that were gay and I felt like saw me and got me and understood me were people my own age. And yeah. we were at Mountain Community College and they were because I went to Parkrose High School and out in East County and they had oh, gone yeah. to Gresham and, and Reynolds. And so we were all kind of like yeah, East yeah. County, East County gays. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> then moving downtown to the nightclub and, and hanging out. then I met a whole I met the North Portland gays, the Northeast Portland gays. The right. south this g- I met a whole new world. The it's West like, Side oh gays. <laughs> I found my whole, these are, this is my village, it's getting bigger and bigger, and I'm meeting these people, and then yeah. in drag, meeting all these drag queens, and wonderful, 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 well, then literally one and by one, so I had this new giant family, and then yeah. one by one, they're just dropping it, and going away, and dying, being sick, being in the hospital, and it literally was like seeing this big, beautiful, um, full tree, dropping its leaves, dropping, 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 dropping. And I'm just like, oh my God, I finally found a family that I felt loved and seen. And now this is being taken away from me. And again, I have that feeling like we're going to get over this, this whatever this period of time is and things are going to be better. But I just, I took everybody that died, just a little piece of me kind of died with them and all the people they just, they just, it was, I mean, I love my family. I just never felt like seen or Right. Uh, you know, not like a your chosen of family. family. Right. And it so it was really it was devastating. And especially because I had just I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm gay and everybody loves me because I'm gay. I'm in drag. Everybody loves me. And I'm in drag. This is and then literally literally that year, everything started happening around me. So it was kind of not kind of it was devastating, but of I've course, never major been trauma. a person totally and but i'm a i'm a stuffer i put it all down and put on a happy face and you know when all my friends every time my friends would die we'd do a show for them so we're back to putting on drag and literally drag is kind of saved me in a way but it's also kind of you know it helps me mask anything that's going wrong in the world because i literally Mm -hmm. you're painting on a happy face so no matter what you're no matter what you're going through drag you know it's like an armor and then i'm like nope we're not going to talk about it we're going to move on to this and we'll do that and i've always been kind of like um i don't want to say now i'm like desensitized but when somebody dies i'm not i'm not a fall apart person i'm like oh not oh my god not you know i'm like okay so let's find the date for the memorial. Okay, now we're gonna sew and yeah, so the flowers. And we're I jump into business mode, and I yeah. and everybody knows that about me. So right. in the last several years, anytime someone's passed away, it's like, oh, where's Kevin? Okay, we're gonna do this, this, and this. Because some people just can't, you know, hold back their emotions, and that's their thing. And I, you know, sometimes I envy that. But nope, I just rather turn yep. it off. And you said you're
0: it. the opposite. You stuff it
1: so that Absolutely. you don't have to deal with it. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. which then, of course, you know from your professional yeah. um, position that, <laughs> right. that you, you can only stuff so long before the oh, volcano course. erupts. And oh, so <laughs> I've, I've, I've had a few moments over uh, the decades where, like, okay, I guess I stuffed a little too much. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing better about addressing I can things, relate but, to that. Think, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, it was it was really rough. And the thing, you know, Darcells, but back to your talking to Darcell, Darcells, saved me because he was – um older and had seen them come and seen them go and he's like you know this we got to go to work he was literally the show must go on business as usual so he helped me with that as well and just gave me a place to be and so working there you know multiple nights a week when the club was um open more nights than we are now right and he taught me he taught me about business and he just taught me about how to be a person and how to be kind and how to you know he would go do all these um Charity things and all this stuff, and really show me the way of being going from just being a drunken drag queen in a bar in the nighttime to actually being a around the clock drag queen to places that aren't gay, that aren't bars, that aren't right. you right. know queer, not queer so, spaces. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And so now, like the I, I think I'm, I'm probably about a 90, 10 right now. Ninety percent non traditional queer spaces is where I work, and then ten percent. Right. I'm at Darcel's. Right. I mean, right. I just, I just, there's not even really, yeah, the, I just don't, I'll do things every now and again, but for the most part, my schedule doesn't allow me to be, I I can, I just go where I got to go. And it's mostly not gay.
0: <laughs> well, which I, I think also speaks to just like how popular drag has become in non oh, absolutely, spaces. Oh, you know. oh, absolutely. Drag is everywhere these days. So, so I just want to ask about the, did you ever worry that you might die during that time? During the eighties, during the nineties when HIV oh, was- uh-
1: yeah. Were oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And I just thought um, I as much as I growing up was trying to figure out who I was, then when I finally realized who I was, and that I was gay, and I was attracted to men, well, then all of a sudden, I'm like, really, I finally figured this all out. But now it's gonna kill right. me if I and do that? I'm die. Yeah, right. And so I literally was, I, this is gonna sound terrible. I, I was kind of like, I was a, a hoe but i wasn't a full service hoe yep <laughs> <laughs> like everybody used to call me they said they said you're they said you're the kissing bandit i mean i'll make out yeah. with anybody i was making out with people yeah, all the time. yeah yeah and i did and i did of course you know um experiment and have that stuff but i was just i was very a little more conservative so, sexually oh totally just paranoid i mean I'm. i'm literally even to this day i'm the most vanilla person and everything yeah. that i'm like this wild i'm like I'm, I'm literally not and i never was because i kind of felt like i didn't have the opportunity to be because like right when i thought i would be is when all that was doused it's like no nope, right. you're not you're not going to do that and so i just well and
0: that and, and that saved your life it sounds like to a certain yeah
1: point. yeah yeah because i mean literally i tell people all the time i just joke i'm like you know i'm a 55 year old black gay man i should be dead or in prison by now right. i mean the way right. you know the world is and especially here in portland so right. Real, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's when people, you know, complain about, oh my God, I'm getting older or so-and-so, I'm like, you know, all of my friends who were older than me, when I look back now, they died when they were 32 or right. they were nine or they were, and I'm like, How is, I thought they were always so much older than me, but now I've outlived them by twice, some of these people. And so it's like, that is so, it's mind blowing to me.
0: One of the times I've I, I've gotten tested, I remember reading a, uh, like a pamphlet or something that, you know, all the paperwork they have around there and a pamphlet mm-hmm. that basically said, uh and this was speaking specifically to black men it said one in two black men and i think this was like 10 or 15 years ago it said by 2020 or 2030 one in two black gay men will be hiv positive mm. um, which is just a, I i mean kind of a, that's a devastating stat to sit with oh you know, oh
1: yeah yeah i mean the the stigma around being gay in the black community the stigma around being HIV positive in right. all communities. I mean totally. it, just, it just doesn't it doesn't allow for people to feel comfortable to be yes. out and open. And um totally. back then I was getting tested, you know, every time I got tested so many times I was yep. like a yeah, yeah. because I would just, I just, it was like, oh my gosh. And people, we were still trying to figure out how it's transmitted. And of then we would learn this and every year we'd learn something more, every, right. you know, quarterly new reports would come out. And so, oh gosh. And every time I got tested, I, and then that was when you had to like wait two weeks and then you had to wait a week. And then now, of course, with the rapid testing, but it's like, oh no, I was, yeah, I was just so paranoid. I'm like, no, I have, I know that I have this great life. I need to get it. I need to get it together. I need to rein myself in.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that, that caution, you know, as I said, it probably saved your life, probably kept you, you know, kept you around. Yeah, yeah. So you've hinted at this a couple of times, I wanna ask, and I mean, again, anything you're not comfortable talking about, you can tell me, but what's it like, i mean, ask very directly, what is it like for you to be a black person in Portland? <laughs>
1: it okay when i first came to portland because i again agree growing up with the latino community all my family and then right. you know there. i was always the darkest person in yeah. every situation yeah actually i, was, I, I apologize little...
0: kevin here if i made a mistake by do you do you identify
1: as black or because obviously you're mixed race with but how do you identify no no, no, no oh no i identify as black i mean when you okay. look at me i'm black and my father's black i'm also native american latino which uh a lot of people in the united states are whether they admit it or not so i don't right. really feel oh, like yeah. i have to I, I like to point it out just to give you know a nod to my mother's side of the family but yeah, i think people heritage. look at me yeah people know i'm black and there's no it. just because i never grew up with the black family right. so yeah so i so again never growing up with a black family mm-hmm. i you know, the Latino people thought, Oh no, you're black. And then when I made black friends, like, no, you're Latino, or, you know, you grew up with a white stepfather. So right. coming to Portland, I was like, Oh my God, there's so many black people. Cause I did, when I first went to school, I did go to Portland public schools. And oh. to me, that's so crazy. That people always say that that was really your thought. and That really was like, <laughs> look at all these black people. And and now that I've gotten to, you know, leave this little bubble um, over the last several decades, I know now that Portland is the widest city. Yeah. uh, Yeah.
0: So, but at the time uh, it was exciting for you.
1: It was exciting to me. And then, you know, over the years, learning the racist history of the state, seeing what happens in the news. um, I literally am you know, first of all, I, again, i I always rose-colored glasses. I'm positive and perky. I you yeah. know put on the whole mask. But I literally am afraid to you know walk down the street sometimes, and I yeah. see uh, what's going on. Even today. So this is you know when I was growing up. I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to be you know the only black person at this place or that place, and I got to be careful. Well, then you think you know as time progresses, that would get better. But it seems like it's getting worse. So um, mm. you know now, black folks are literally being hunted in the streets for doing nothing. And so I used to um, go hiking all the time up in the West Hills, up yep. to Pudick Mansion, and all that. And I, I'm sure, and part of it, I mean, I'm sure I still can freely, and but I always make sure I go with my white friends, and I'd always, yep. you know, it's just, on your mind, it's it's, it's top it's of mind, complete, always top of mind. And yeah. then add queer to it, and then add drag to it. Like I'm right. literally. The alert person when i'm out and about because i just need to know who's around me what car driving by who's across the street who's right. behind me you know and it's 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 no fun but it's necessary right. so right. yeah you know, and i have uh it's a, kind of talking about colorization so growing up i was the darkest in my family okay in my extended family well um now you know my skin Of course, it's just my color skin, but there there's so many of my friends like you're so light skinned and I never thought of myself that way. So then and then there's this whole thing about, you know, the darker skin people, you know, are getting it worse, like for some reason. And that's just that's just so messed up. And so, uh, you know, I just it's growing up in Portland. I feel like I've had an easier time than some of my other black friends and that's just frustrating to me there too i mean it's just of course there's yeah it's the the whole thing sucks so but at the same time i love portland and like i was telling you earlier i always thought i was gonna leave as soon as i was 18. right people saying people say now like you can make so much more money being here there everywhere i'm like but this is where i live this is my home and i love portland yeah Yeah. so i mean for all of its faults um this is where i want to live yeah yeah you said
0: 2020 was obviously with the protests and everything that was going on uh, that mm-hmm. was acutely rough for you can you talk about oh, that was, a little bit
1: oh it was terrible because yeah. where i had felt you know portland have a little bit of safety um what was going on politically and nationally um racist ignorant people were giving a license to just go be you They're like oh you right. can you can say those words you know i hadn't been called right. the n-word in decades and then oh. all of a sudden you know it's in 2020 on the streets you just hear it people are you know people thought oh wait we we have you know carte blanche we can say and do whatever people we were, want
0: people were saying that to you
1: or, or you were hearing oh that? yes yes oh, i was master. hearing it my friends were hearing it and it's like wait oh. a minute where are we how did this happen and then um, i'm so sorry that's um, awful yeah and then the people you know getting shot in florida or, or you know yes, all this sorry. all this yep. thing. and wherever you know all the different ones and it was just like oh my gosh who is this am i next you know am i gonna be i'm just walking around you know, neighborhoods, looking at these beautiful houses when I'm doing my exercise, my cardio, trying to, you know, lose a little of the belly because I overeat because I'm compensating. <laughs> you know, and it's, right. it's, it's a whole freaking circle. And right. so I'm like, am I going to be? I stopped wearing my headphones when I was out walking and, and running because I didn't I wanted to be able to hear all around me. Right. And yeah, it's just wild. It's just it's it's ridiculous. So Do you... I just, But but then again, I I just throw myself in drag and throw myself into work and don't think about it. Do you feel like
0: things have, have you felt safer in Portland in the last year or so, or has it continued to feel pretty
1: unsafe? For no, you know, it, last... it feels, it feels pretty, pretty unsafe. Those last several years. I mean, just because now um, the drag Queens are under attack that everybody thinks that we're right. trying to, you know, steal their children because we're right. doing drag queen story time or, you right. know, the, 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 the right wing—I don't know what to call them—the the overly conservative people that just don't understand, like why are why are gay people getting special right. treatment, or why why are right. drag queens allowed to be outside of the in the daytime, not in a dark bar in a basement somewhere? And so it should now. It's, so it's I'm, I just feel like the people I know are the people I trust. Anybody else, I don't know you. Yeah. I don't yeah. know you and I got enough friends, I got family. I don't need anybody new.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. There's a armor there that you have up. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And and speaking of armor, you know, you talked about uh being poison waters as a kind of armor in some ways. Oh, um, yeah. I'm curious like what is the difference between Kevin and poison waters?
1: Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> when, I, when, when I first when I first started lashes? I no. I definitely made a point to be Kevin was Kevin and Poison was Poison, and now it's thirty-five years. This is my thirty-fifth anniversary this year of doing Congratulations. drag. Congratulations and thank you. And so they have just merged together. I mean, when people are talking to one, they're talking to the other, and it doesn't matter what how I'm dressed. It's the same yeah. personality. It's the same um, demeanor. It's the same humor. It's the same smarts, quick wit. You know, all of that. Yeah. The same business, the business. And so I can do the same job in or out of drag, and I can have the same relationships in or out of drag.
0: What's funny you say that I just realized we, we you know we had to turn off the video because it was acting a little yeah. bit wonky. But obviously you answered the video call not in drag. But as we've been yeah. talking, I've actually been picturing you as poison wise, <laughs> even though I know you're not, but I've seen you perform yeah. a lot. Yeah so yeah. that's my my relationship with you is uh as you know, while you are in drag. So I kind of defaulted to that. It's interesting. Yeah. No, so. it's interesting.
1: That is I I have had lots of phone calls with people and they're like, I. you They'll say, "Are you in drag?" I'm like, "No." They're like, but you sound like you are. I'm like, "How do I sound like I'm in drag?" What does that like, mean? Yeah. yeah, it's literally the same voice. So, yeah.
0: So, was there a time when Kevin and Poison were not the same people?
1: Oh yeah, when I first started, I really yeah. wanted to be. I Separate thought totally I wanted to keep it completely separate I never was like this butch macho man but I also didn't feel like I was like this um, screaming queen and sparkly and all that and then later my friends were like you literally were the same person but I in my (laughs) mind I was like oh no poison but only I didn't like when people called me poison if I was Kevin or Kevin when I was poison. it would just irk me and I didn't like people said if somebody goes oh girl or she I didn't like that when I was not in drag and for some, it just did. And now, of course, people call me everything. He, she, they, poison, yeah, yeah. Kevin, it's all the same now. And but it yeah, the, none of it bothers no, you. No. Oh God. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Zero and percent. I mean, uh, zero percent.
0: A lot of that uh, girl and she and pronoun stuff, I think is a lot of our own internalized homophobia.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. I would, on. I would, I would cringe. And you know, we're in yeah. a restaurant, we're in Denny's and you're saying, Hey girl. And I'm like, wait, yeah. what? And then of yeah. course, now that I'm an uh, older adult, I'm like, nobody and Danny's care. They were not paying attention to our table. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give a shit about you. Right, just, right They want right. to give you the food
0: and get paid. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's funny. I love that. You've merged the two of the, you know, the some two of you. Two,
1: they've, they've morphed into one one magical being. So some days I have a wig on, some days I don't, but it's all, yeah. all the same. And actually, yeah. when, you know, if I am walking down the street, I'm like, <gasps> Because like, you can feel that the hair or the air on my head. I'm like, oh, where's my wig? Oh, wait, now I'm oh, a yeah. boy. Or, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I forgot. Or I like, look down at my hands. I'm like, where's my nails? Oh, wait, I'm a boy right now. I don't need nails. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I am not a professional drag queen, but there are still moments when I walk down the street thinking, oh, where's my wig? So I can relate <laughs> that as well. <laughs> Where, where's my wig? <laughs> so, okay. so I try to do a hair toss here.
1: Yeah, just uh, do a hair toss
0: so i won't keep you much longer here but uh you know again part of the reason i'm doing this podcast is i really want to celebrate portland and i know portland's you know going through a rough patch and has its struggles but i still think that there's a lot to love about this place and you know you are one of the things to love one of the people to love about this place is you and this character you've created and the energy you bring to the city um i told you before or beforehand that i was going to ask you the question that i ask all the guests um which is if you had to um name three favorite restaurants in portland because obviously we are known for food everybody here generally likes to eat and it sounds like you do too from what you yes. said
1: yes oh my gosh i sure do
0: <laughs> so okay what three restaurants would you say are your favorites or do you find yourself going to the most
1: well uh, i could never narrow it down to just three but i will try <laughs> you so have to i have to i know well i hate to sound cliche but um mother's bistro because oh, yeah. Lisa is a fantastic person. We worked together for years and years and years on many different projects. And the food is just so consistently delicious. The customer service is wonderful. Her new bright face is fabulous. I just love it. It's right yeah. in downtown. And even when some of downtown's looking a little sketch, it's just a nice bright spot of a totally. homie family. And it's wonderful. It's been a, it's become a great gathering place for many celebrations for a lot of us here in Portland. Um I love it. And not and not too far from her. Is Bay's Chicken and they um, opened a couple years ago. And my friends and I discovered them and they were delicious and like their spicy chicken because I like spicy food. It yeah. literally earned my mouth out. Like, I okay, can, spicy chicken is one
0: of my favorite things. Will you spell the name of this place? I don't know this place. Yeah,
1: it's B oh, A E. Oh, Bay's Chicken. Okay, a apostrophe S. Yes, it's delicious. Well, then come to find out because I only knew them right downtown, like I said, around the corner corner from um, Lisa's uh, Mother's Bistro, mother's. and it was a, yeah, it's a little small spot. They had this little kind of cool outdoor atrium area. Anyway, the food is so good, and the portions are so big, which, because I'm, I'm, you know, greedy, so I like to have a lot of portions, <laughs> and it, it's so good, and it's so delicious. Well, then, um, so I had them, I kind of did it too much. Like, I had them delivered too much, and then I went there too much, and so <laughs> I had to kind of, yeah, yeah, I did, so I had to kind of, like, step back. Well, yeah. then I was recently craving them again. And my best friend came over the other day, and so we ordered them. Well, when I was looking up them, I found out they opened three more. So, like, they had one, and now they have four, which is amazing, especially given what we've been through the last couple of years. So
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited for them that I'm glad that they're growing and getting big and big and big. So um, another one, but now they, they just recently closed their downtown operation and moved to North Portland over by where I live. And it was Kenny and Zook's, their oh, deli. Yeah. Oh. So delicious. Their food is so, so good. So good. And again, so much. Like, it's like, I, I love when I can't eat it all. Because that's rare. Totally. I, <laughs> and so I when I lived downtown. And I, uh-huh. I lived on Morrison and Park for 12 years. And I, and when I worked for um, Saga City Media. So it was all downtown. So I would go there so much. It was so delicious. Their breakfast. They had a big shot breakfast sandwich that was to die for. Anyway, so now they've. Close that shop, and they're down. To, they're over here in North Portland. I'm so closer looking, to where you live now. Yeah, wow. yeah, but it's it's a, it's a smaller menu now. It's like a bagel shop. But they still have sandwiches mm. and whatnot. So I haven't been to that one yet, but I want to go. But um, yeah, they're just great. And then my last one is I'm torn between two. Well,
0: this is four now, but that's okay. You're allowed to do four. <laughs> I know.
1: I'm am to, torn between two. So the one uh, the the first of the two is B Saws. Oh and yeah, classic. Yeah, classic. I used to go to the old saws and I loved the old little house that it was in, blah, blah, blah. And then when they moved and my friend Kana, um, who owns it, when they opened it, it was so cool, their new space. And so we've had birthdays there and and goodbye dinners and out of town friends. And it's just a great, lots of good memories there. And then I was so sad that they kind of closed again, but they just now reopened again. So I'm so happy there. I just heard that. Yeah, yeah, they're also a success story. And their food is just wonderful too. So that's great. Well, then the one that, um, the reason I was saying I kind of have to say this next one is that I haven't actually been to it <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but I went but I went to it when it was a pop-up so con Gregory Gorday's con of course yes. and, and I know everybody's probably saying that so <laughs> it's like when, one of the best when,
0: restaurants in the country right now you're <laughs>
1: right literally and so when, I, when it was in the yurt and they were having um, the yurts over in southeast at the salmon on red or the red on salmon oh yeah and yeah, yeah. so and in that the parking was, lot there yeah. yeah yeah and it was and it was hard to get tickets or, you know, reservations for that. Well, um, I've been friends with Gregory for a long time and he and his team were doing a um, kind of a partnership with um, um, black nonprofits and and small business people. And so they reached Uh out to me um, as- To host or? No, to, uh, well, kind of, kind of not to like host an event, but they were each, each night they were giving a different nonprofit. Um, They had a stipend. For them, oh, if wow. they came in, if they came in and represented their nonprofit, and they had little tablets on every table—not nonprofit, I, I probably, business, small business,
0: any business—yeah, so, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah—in yeah. So, a black-owned business, and they had a, a tablet on every table, and so they showed my video and they interviewed with me and all this, so people got to know who I was and whatnot. Well, anyway. um so poison waters and friends, me and my two friends, we we like we when you said host, like literally in a restaurant sense, we brought the people oh, to their yeah. yard oh, I love that. and he- here's your menu. It was really fun. Well, as an added bonus, unknowns to me, we got to have the whole meal that everyone oh, was having, gosh. and it was was it what, incredible. It's just what everybody was saying. It was uh, I like I like I like died. I was like. I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, I wish my partner was here. He needs to eat this food with me. Well, so then, uh, of course, now they're open in their beautiful new space. You you can hardly get in. I, I was gonna say
0: I haven't been able to go. So I'm, right, I'm, I'm, I know my, no one. My has, mouth is well, watering I'm, hearing about this. So
1: <laughs> it's gonna be good. Well, so I haven't gone yet, but I know. Also, my schedule just it's my schedule is crazy too. But um, yeah. I have friends that want to come down from Seattle and get a spot. And I know I thought if I really called um, Gregory. And, you can um, pull some see, strings. I probably could, but uh, you know. But also, I love. I'll, I'll, I'll get there eventually. But so that's yeah, my yeah. that's my fourth or my three B, my three
0: <laughs> Well, I've been I've been wanting to go there as well. So this is inspiring
1: to hear you say that it was that good. Oh, it's oh. delicious! Oh my gosh! Well, he always did wonderful food. Um, over at Departure at Bonnie. departure yeah, yeah, yeah at yeah, the yeah. nine. So yeah. yeah, and then yeah, so good. Yeah, so that's my pick.
0: I love it. So and now before, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, exactly now. i'm I'm actually going to make some food after this because you got yeah, me it's time for
1: early lunch. yeah.
0: any any other thing? anything else that we didn't cover that you'd want to cover?
1: Well, you know, I just think there's so much drag in Portland, and it's uh-huh. been so well received. um, so many people we get at ourselves. this is our um fifty um six, 56th anniversary, is that true? yeah, fifty sixth so anniversary at ourselves and the majority of our audiences are first timers. And I just love that Portland's giving you know drag a chance, giving drag its moments that it's always had, but always really deserved. And so I just ask people, you know, check out the local drag scene that's yeah. um, not, it's not always just downtown. There's drag in every quadrant of the Rose city and there's all ages family stuff. And then there's, you know, of course um, 21 and over stuff and there's brunches and bingos and shows and yeah there's just lots of drag out there and i always invite people to check out my website poisonwaters.com and check my calendar which is chock full of events for the entire community
0: you are the busiest working drag queen in portland (laughs) and you look at that calendar and it shows you have 10 million events going on (laughs) i don't know how you have that kind of energy it's inspiring it keeps me going keeps me out of trouble yeah that's fair 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 enough well thank you so much kevin i really really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me here this has been really fun and you are just a delight to talk to
1: well thank you so much daniel take care of yourself and i hope to see you around soon
0: definitely you'll see me at darcells
1: okay i'll look for you (laughs) bye
0: bye (laughs) bye -bye. and that is the incredible poison waters i want to thank kevin so much for being vulnerable and talking with me and sharing his story it was awesome to hear um, if you've never been down to Darcelle's, definitely go down there and check out Poison Perform. Um, also, check out Poison Waters' website where you can list. You can see all the million different events that she's doing. So that was the first episode of the People of Portland podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, and I look forward to bringing you new, bringing you new episodes every week for the next eleven weeks. Thanks so much for listening.